Hello and welcome to the Major Film Reviews podcast. This is me, Nath Major of Major Film Reviews, joined as usual by Angel Ruloff. Say hello, Angel. Hello, Angel. <laughs> Every month without fail. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a running thing. <laughs> and uh, joining us this month, we have a very special guest. She is the, uh, the Women in Games Journalist of the Year for 2019 of uh, influencerupdate.biz and an old school friend of mine is uh, Danielle Partis. Hello, Danielle. Hello. How are, you, how are you doing on this very warm day? Oh, it is very warm, isn't it? I am well, thank you. Um, I am melting in my flat currently, though, so we'll <laughs> see how that goes. Yes. I'm currently sweating away in a little box that I call my room um, <laughs> recording this here podcast. So, Things um, we go through. Yes, indeed. So, for those of you, uh, for those listeners who don't know who you are, do you want to give, you, give us a little introduction of yourself, Danielle? What you do? Yeah, um, I'm primarily a video games and, I guess, quote unquote, digital culture journalist. Um, I cover gaming and uh, online influencers and YouTubers, streamers, all of that lovely stuff that my parents don't really understand. Um, <laughs> But it is what it is. Um, yeah, I've been doing that for about four years now. And uh, as you drew, drew attention to in the intro, I did win uh, win a Women in Games Journalism Award last year as well. So that was that was nice. So yeah, I just I, I dabble around writing about video games and influencers and somehow getting paid for that. <laughs> <laughs> how how many times have your parents asked you when you're getting a proper job? Because I, I, I imagine that's, that's a question that occurs every other week. Yeah, yeah it, it pops up a lot. But they've gotten <laughs> to the stage now, I'm, I'm so many years in, that they just kind of accept that this... I, I get paid for something, you know? <laughs> Even if they don't know what it is, I, I get paid for it. And that's enough for them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose we have to settle for something, don't we? We have to get paid for something in life. Indeed. <laughs> So um, I've invited Daniel on to um, to go through the the fetid swamp, as it were, of <laughs> video game film adaptations, and it's it's actually the most I've ever researched for a podcast because I, I didn't want to come in totally blind. So uh, do either of you two have any particular favourites video game adaptations to film? Oh, one of my childhood favourite um, films was the Super Mario films, and um, Mortal Kombat. Right. I, it, see, my issue is I want to say Mortal Kombat, but it could also be Street Fighter. No, Street Fighter is the one with Jean Claude Van Damme and Kylie Minogue, yeah. right? Yeah, we're off to a yeah. flying start here. <laughs> yeah, um, but I, I haven't watched them recently. Um, I kind of wanted to rewatch Super Mario's, and I just haven't yet. <laughs> that was supposed to be my homework for this week, but. I've had actual homework to do. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the, the 1993 film with Bob Hoskins? Yeah, yeah. The interesting thing is um, John Leguizamo, who played Luigi in that, said um, most of the cast and crew were completely uh, pissed out of their heads while they were making that film, which is probably why it's so bad, because most of I them mean, were drunk. They probably needed it, honestly. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. but um, I was really really into super mario's growing up yeah so i was just like oh my god there's a film and yeah like the cartoons are a lot better but <laughs> it's is that difficult <laughs> how, how about you danielle do you have any particular favorite video game adaptations yeah i i have a couple and i think i i'm hesitant to to commit to this opinion but i think that my favorite video game adaptation 
movie is actually the 2005 Doom film with The Rock. Oh. Yes! And Carl okay. Urban. Just... Okay, yeah. yeah. And it <laughs> Just... is... Yeah. Cast no aspersions. It is a terrible movie at the height of like the, you know, yeah. the mid noughties disgusting CGI, and oh, there's this scene in it where you kind of you view it uh, through the eyes of of the yeah. Rock, who is playing the, the main character, and you're yeah. shooting, it, like, it's like you're playing it's a first person, person video mode. Game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's the thing that got me so excited when it went into like the video game, like first person mode. I'm just like, oh my god, I'm actually in the game. Like, yeah, and it's I'm just like <laughs> really just it's amazing. I just love that the way that they filmed that and I just I'm just that excited. I can't <laughs> awful movie, awful. But you know, in a, in its own way, it's also a great movie and it's got a reasonably good cast as well. So mm-hmm. it's it's super enjoyable. But I think it uh it came out at a weird time, I think. Um, I think it was a kind of weird time for The Rock because this was kind of before he's he made billions playing himself repeatedly. Mm. Um, who, who, who actually seemed like he was playing someone other than The Rock in that film. And as as you say, as a the redeeming factor of uh, of that first person section that was pretty cool. But other, other than that, it's a fairly terrible film. Mm. <laughs> I think it came out a year after Doom Three did. Um, and I, I can't really remember a lot of Doom Three, um, but I think it was good. I think it was good. Um, so... That was the game where you could either have a gun or a, a flashlight, and all of the levels were in complete darkness, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah, I remember. Um, I have a favorite video game critic called Yatsi Croshaw who does um, Zero Punctuation. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I know yeah. And um, he mentions that frequently. The kind of design choice of being able to either have a gun or a flashlight, and it was all in darkness, mm. as if no one had invented tape. <laughs> um, I'm, I never really thought I'd seen a good video game adaptation until I saw Detective Pikachu last year. I think that's probably the first one I've actually enjoyed. I was, I was going to say, I think that objectively might be the best one that we've seen so far because historically they're not great no. but detective pikachu did really uh nail it for me i, I feel mean, like it's, it's pikachu and ryan reynolds so i mean it's difficult to go whammy of enjoyment. <laughs> right <laughs> yeah I, I, I feel it could have done more with the pokemon world but i enjoyed it for what it was i i really like ryan reynolds i think he's really charismatic and can just carry a film with his presence and um, his casting as Pikachu was genius. Mm, agreed. And I also um, quite un. Yeah. Most Jim Carrey playing Doctor Robotnik. I had thought was quite charming. Seen that one actually. I haven't seen haven't Sonic it. yet, um, but I am very excited for Jim Carrey. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. He came yeah. for about ten years, didn't he? But he's but he's back now, kind of gaining and making his faces again. So, <laughs> yay! <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I did a little bit of, of research for this, and I went on Rotten Tomatoes, which is the kind of aggreg- aggregator for critical scores. It's not a, a perfect method for measuring 
opinions, but it's kind of the, the best one I had to hand. And the, the interesting thing I found was only three video game adaptations in history, and this is direct adaptations, have ever received a fresh rating from Rotten Tomatoes. That's above 60%. So oh, only wow. the top only the top three have had more than sixty percent positive oh. critical reception. Which ones? Do you know and which um, ones? yeah, I have them noted here that the top one was quite a surprise to me. The top one on seventy three percent positive reviews is Angry Birds Two. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is. I mean, what? oh wow! And, Angry uh, yeah, Birds. Com- completely Actually... didn't expect that at all. See, I was kind of low-key hoping Hitman, the one with Timothy Oliphant, is it 2007? The Hitman adaptations were awful, though. (gasps) I mean, it's, I mean, for a film, just ignoring everything. As a film itself, I wasn't, I mean... Yeah, maybe it's one of those things where I'm lacking decent judgment. I mean, um, (laughs) the Hitman films are an ideal kind of example of why most video game adaptations don't work, is because it's taking an interactive Mm. medium into a non-interactive form. Mm. So Mm. kind of the appeal of Hitman was the kind of open world and the kind of you can kill your target in any way you want you can like drop a bucket of paint on his head or you can snipe him from two roofs away <laughs> whereas that that freedom doesn't really exist within film and that that's why I don't think a lot of adaptations are successful but sort of in the sphere of action movies like with I mean just thinking of like Mission Impossible or like um, is it Transporter? Transporter like yeah yeah yeah, yeah, it's it's not that. I want to say it's not that bad of a film, but again, <laughs> my my judgment is not the best. No, it it, it doesn't seem that way, to mm. be honest. <laughs> and second on the list with sixty eight percent was Detective Pikachu, which was, which was nice to see. Apparently, there's a sequel in the works. I really hope they do more with the the, the Pokemon world, flesh that out a little bit more. Mm. Um. Do you, do you remember the 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 first animated Pokemon films that came around in like the late nineties, early two thousands? I do Pokemon two thousands. Yeah, it was the the one that sticks in my head the most is the one with Mewtwo and Mew. Yeah, I think was that the one that where Pikachu dies? Po- yes, yes, yeah. I think it was. Because um, I remember I was madly into Pokemon when I when I was younger, and that was kind of it was on most Saturdays, and I just used to sit watching it for hours, mesmerised. I, I was a lot easier to please when I was twenty one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, still a great movie. I think that the old Pokemon anime movies really hold up as well, but. Um... They remade the the first one, didn't they, for Netflix a few months ago? Mm. Which I, I haven't watched yet because I I have a kind of rule for childhood nostalgia to stay within arm's reach of it because because it never really comes in a positive light when you revisit it as an adult. I don't find. Yeah, me too. It's it's hurt me a lot um, buying back into nostalgia, especially with, yeah. with things like video game remasters. Um, oh yeah, because you you realise like some of the bad decisions that we didn't realise when we were kids. That we, that we didn't buy into like um, the one that springs to mind for me was the Crash Insane trilogy and none of us remembered how difficult they were mm. un- until we played Insane again and realised how in- insane, pardon the pun those games are yeah and I think they, they are much less forgiving 
um, in the remastered forms as well. Maybe things and, and little hacks that you could get away with as a kid when you were playing yeah. the original ones are a lot tighter and less easy to, to cheat now. <laughs> so it really is just difficult. There's no way around it. I remember um, going back to play because I never played Resident Evil when I was a kid. It was something that made, missed me by it. And I, I played the PS1 version first um, and was <laughs> just, I couldn't stop laughing at the voice acting. It was so terrible. The I'm talking the, the kind of original cut of Resident Evil. Yeah. I, I kind of remember that because I, I remember not being allowed to play Resident Evil when I was a kid. And I remember playing it at a friend's house even though my parents wouldn't let me had so, <laughs> had so the, the parents of some more liberal friends uh, and i played it and it scared the shit out of me and then i understood why parents say things <laughs> yay they were, they were telling me not to play it for my own sake and i played it anyway and then i had nightmares for a while <laughs> that's yeah, karma um, that's karma daniel yeah that's on not listening <laughs> to your parents <laughs> I, I wasn't allowed to play silent hill but one of my friends had it and I remember um, just watching her play it, and like when was it, Pyramid Head just sort of appears, and I'm like, oh my god, what? I I totally understand why my mom's just like, no, you're not playing Silent Hill, you're not playing Resident Evil, just, no, it's evil. <laughs> um, it's amazing yeah. when you look back on your childhood and like what you were allowed to play, because that I don't remember being allowed to play San Andreas when I was about eight, and. <laughs> Looking back, that that doesn't um, sound all that good. Being able to play a Grand, any Grand Theft Auto game at that age, mm, which I'm, yeah. I'm I'm actually really surprised Grand Theft Auto has never seen a, f- a film, a film adaptation. Actually, I mean, isn't that technically um, Fast and Furious? <laughs> <laughs> Can we argue that's like a? It is. Um, like I see where GTA, you're coming from. But... But we're not going to actually call it GTA because too many people will get mad. <laughs> um, but GTA is a lot more interesting than the Fast and Furious films, to be fair. Mm, they've I mean, all got it's... very separate premises, haven't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The um, the third one um, was the, the Sonic film, which is um, this is the third top rated on Toronto Tomatoes. And they're all three of the fresh films. Um, so that's Angry Birds 2, Detective Pikachu, and then Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, so basically, I, I, sorry. So basically, there are children's video games that got turned into. Yeah, and um, nothing. Su- <laughs> nothing surprised me more than enjoying Sonic the Hedgehog, because our, I remember the first trailer dropping and like having the same reaction to that as I did to the Cats trailer, and thinking, oh my god, this is going to be awful. Yeah. And, and then when it came out, I was like. Oh, this is surprisingly entertaining. I mean, it, it it wasn't it wasn't that kind of breakthrough moment that I think video game adaptations need. I think they need one big breakthrough film that actually turns out to be not just exceeding expectations, but actually a good film. It wasn't quite that. I, but I would it was like enjoyable. to argue that Tomb Raider is one of those films, like the one with Angelina Jolie. Like, really? I I love yeah. I love. Tomb Raider films. I remember the one. Well, the first one especially. Like, but then Angelina Jolie. How can I not love her? <laughs> God, you had completely like erased that from my memory. But I think it came out like two thousand three, two thousand four. Yeah, maybe? And, and and like that was the the height of the kind of Tomb Raider popularity when there was a game coming yeah. out every year. Mm. You know, 
and then but the actually it's funny you mention that because the remake of Tomb Raider is actually the fourth highest reviewed video game adaptation of all time. Hey. The, the one with Alicia Vikander, I think her name is pronounced. I've probably said that wrong. But um, yeah, that's fourth on 51, along with Rampage, which is another um, The Rock vehicle. Ah, yes. Based on the old arcade game. Oh my goodness. I didn't even realise that was a, a video game. Yeah. Because um, I thought that was just like another sort of King Kong version. Am I thinking of the right one? Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Dan- Daniel, because you're obviously the brains on video games are around here. But I, th- I think um, Rampage was an arcade game back in the eighties, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it was a very, very early um, arcade game. But I, I think there was also a Rampage on the PS One, maybe. I could practically hear you furiously googling it then when I asked you that question. Yeah, because I, I. <laughs> It was either the PS1 or the GameCube. I remember, like, a Rampage game. It might have been for the GameCube. It's basically a game about civic destruction, isn't it? You just you yeah. just destroy as much as you can. And just King Kong in a game, but they probably yeah. couldn't call it King Kong, so they just put other monsters in it. Probably, yeah. So um, what, what um, video game franchise do you think would best translate to a film adaptation? It's an interesting one, isn't it? Mm. Uh, I, I, I know there is one already, but um, the Assassin's Creed games are mm. really good ones to adapt. Um, mm. I didn't actually see the one that they did, the one they did it recently. wasn't very, very good, <laughs> sadly, because I, I really wanted them to adapt Assassin's Creed 2 directly to a film. Because because uh, I think they should have just ignored the first game because in terms of quality it really starts being good at the second one, mm. in my opinion, of course. Because mm. there's there's a lot you could do with the the Assassin's Creed like universe. I mean, you could just create your own like offshoot if necessary. So it's like your own cinematic universe that's different to the video games. And well, that's kind of what they did. The yeah. That's so kind of like, what they did because the the film wasn't a adaptation of any of the games. Mm. It was a completely original story. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, that, so that's, that's as, as you say, there's a lot of room there for it, but it all depends on your your first jump into the unknown, as it were. The first film that you make mm. is going to be the one that sets the scene for the rest of the franchise, isn't it? If you if you if you release a real turkey the first time around, then then there's little chance that you're going to get a second chance at that franchise. Yeah. It's an interesting one now because as we move further and further into into the development of, of video games and technology and how games now are becoming sort of like cinematic in their own right, like mm-hmm. especially with newer things like, like God of War and The Last of Us 2 and Red Dead Redemption, they're all such huge cinematic experiences that are also interactive that making a movie out of them when they're already sort of, you know, story focused movies in themselves um Mm. is is an interesting move like how do you take a story like um like god of war which is very very you know movie making techniques are employed in in that game and and take it and make it into a movie like what's what's the point (laughs) when the game is already a movie in itself other than for people that don't play video games to experience the world 
Yeah, that kind of reminds me of the cutscenes from Final Fantasy. Yeah. Yeah, and then... then... Yeah, what we really need is an Animal Crossing movie. Oh, real God. animated anthropomorphic animals, but it's also a horror movie where you, a human oh, being, oh God, wakes yeah. up on an island and they're just surrounded by like horribly animated anthropomorphic badgers and horses and. That, sounds, that sounds amazing. And he's yeah, like, that sounds you, amazing. You can escape the island if you pay me enough money and then you become a slave trying to leave the island i don't know what i've just pitched there but get nintendo <laughs> on the phone <laughs> okay so what if we just merged battle royale with pokemon and just have that as as animal crossing essentially oh i see what you mean yeah but all the animals yeah. have to fight each other or you mm. have to fight all the animals yeah that's terrifying <laughs> I don't want to oh fight a bear or a horse. <laughs> I wouldn't want to fight a duck, let alone a horse. <laughs> no. That's. But no, I think, oh, I think... I just... Yeah, I thought my imagination is going too wild. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned Red Dead Redemption 2, because I think that's kind of the, the perfect meeting of worlds of cinema and video game. Hmm cinematic and laid out and shot like a film but the world is so reactive to your interactions you can ride kind of across the map and come across multiple different story threads so it's not as linear as a film which is why i i think it wouldn't translate as well to a film because the thing about red dead redemption 2 it's a different experience for everyone that plays it and you can't really recreate that as a as a non-interactive medium yeah, I think you're right. I think especially the the draw of big games like Red Dead Redemption now is the explorability of them and how you can kind of just make your own tracks and do what you want in them. Whereas yeah. you can't really simulate that in uh, in a movie in the same way. Although um, I really don't like the kind of modern trend of kind of. I know we're going wildly off topic here, but it's time for, time, time for me to get on my soapbox here. I, I really don't like this. <laughs> kind of modern Ubisoft do-it-your-way model. You see, when, when I play a game, I want it to be specifically designed by designers. I, I don't want to be creating my own experience. I want an experience crafted for me. Mm. Yeah, it's like... not so much the fully interactive. No. Mm. I don't mind an open world as long as you're giving me a, a story that, that's kind of been carefully crafted and not just kind of slapdash together with a bunch of like watchtowers and districts to liberate and all the usual guff that you see in every other game nowadays. Yeah, I, um, I get that. I think games are so big now that you need that structure. Otherwise, yeah. you're just going to get lost because I, I, I'm playing through Assassin's Creed Origins at the minute. Mm -hmm. And while I, I like how big and, and robust the world is to explore, like I've put in maybe like 100 hours now and I haven't even finished it. And I'm I'm really trying to finish it so I can play something else. But it's just <laughs> it, it's so big and th there's so much going on. And I think, I yeah, to... you're right to have want that. I used to really love the Assassin's Creed Creed series. I used to look forward to it every year. But kind of after Unity, I really fell out of love with it because I think it kind of became more formulaic and mm. it, it kind of fell into that Ubisoft holding pattern that every game of theirs seems to fit into these days. And that, that was kind of the cut-off point where it kind of really jumped the shark for me. And I, I know that it's kind of reworked itself over the past years, but once you've lost that goodwill the first time, it's very difficult to go back to a to a franchise like that. Yeah, that's that's what happened to me. I think I dropped off after I played Black Flag because um, mm -hmm. they just got 
too big and too ridiculous um and then i jumped back in because i was getting that itch after they announced um the new one valhalla valhalla yeah um so oh i was God, looking yes. at origins and odyssey and thinking i'm just going to pick the smaller one and uh, <laughs> yeah and it's still taking me over 100 hours to get 100 it, hours I, later i just don't <laughs> ha- yeah exactly i don't have time to do that for every single video game and that's actively quite off-putting but I suppose a movie is only two hours long, so you could experience a whole story in a well, two-hour movie. Yeah, I, I mean, I say similar things about TV series, because uh, as much as I enjoy what I do watch, the, the thing about me watching and reviewing films is it takes two hours for me to watch a film, whereas if I were to sit down and watch a TV series, that can take up days, if not weeks. Mm, so it's, exactly. Which is why it's so much easier to review films than it is to review TV and, 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 and video games, to be fair, because they can be... 40 hours or upwards, you know. Well, not as much 40 hours these days, to be fair. 40 hours save, is lucky. Got <laughs> to save something for the DLC, all right? <laughs> of course. <laughs> so um, we're going to switch track now from, uh, from the good stuff to uh, the bad stuff, which is what I think um, makes for more interesting conversation. I, I generally see that when I review a bad... <laughs> When I review a bad film, it creates more interesting conversation. And um, these films are really, really bad. Um, and the, all but one of the five films in the bottom five are directed by the same man. That man, that man is called Juve Boll. He's a German film director um, who is famed for making really terrible video game adaptations. Uh, he did the Alone in the Dark films, he did a few Mortal Kombats, House of the Dead, In the Name of the King, Blood Rain, Far Cry, Postal. Um, he's, he is... Um, so starting from the number one, which is Alone in the Dark, which is one of his, got a 1% positive <coughs> review score. 1%. Christ. Yeah. and um, an achievement in itself, isn't it? Yeah, he's he's generally regarded as being one of the worst filmmakers of all time, but um, he's not someone who enjoys that. In fact, um, he he goes out of his way to insult film critics and challenge them to boxing matches. So I'm going to shut up about him now. <laughs> Has he considered wow. making a better movie? Ooh. Oh, that's fine. I assume, I volunteer as a tribute. I'll box, but like. <laughs> Yeah, I remember watching Blood Rain and mm. just sitting there thinking, what? Just, Blood, what Blood am I watching? Rain, the Rain only good thing the, about it is, like, the red hair. Blood Rain is the fifth, the fifth worst reviewed film at 4%. <laughs> Four, and that was also directed by Uwe Boll. Um, yeah, he he's um, he kind of openly challenges the film critics who slag off his films to boxing matches and to fights. And um, um, luckily, he he's actually left filmmaking behind now, and he's he actually runs restaurants now, which is funny to me. Um, oh. Yeah, he's gone from one kind of one line of work that's highly susceptible to critics to another one, which is. Um, mm. A hilarious choice for you, Verbal. But um, just going through the, the bottom five of this list, so Alone in the Dark, that was 1%. Mortal Kombat Annihilation, which is the one I don't think he did, was 2%. House of the, Ki- House of the Dead is 3%, and In the Name of the King is 4%. Of the 43 video games movies listed on Rotten Tomatoes, three are fresh, and only five have over 50% positive reviews. It's Doom in there. 
That's the important question. Doom, Doom is there, and it was about 15%, 15 to 20%, something around, around that. Oh, disgraceful. <laughs> These people. <laughs> Those damn critics. Just... Always criticising. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I've actively seen any of uh, Ball's movies. I think I've maybe seen Far Cry. Um, I maybe watched that because it was literally called Far Cry and I went, oh, I like those games. <laughs> um, but I I cannot remember it I at think, all. I don't I know who was his, in it. His films are kind of more of the films that you hear about rather than see yourself. You, you'll kind of see them listed in like Watch Mojo, Top 10 Worst Video Game Films or something like that. You'll you'll always hear about them, but never you'll never see them on TV or on DVD. Mostly because they're too shit to be reproduced again. This this one man is the reason we're having to have this podcast about why video game movie adaptations suck. It's just him. Yeah. We just get rid of him. Yeah. It'll be fine. Well, I'm just be... looking up the um, IMDb, and there's three Blood Rain films. Yes, there three is. Three of them. Three, three Blood Rain just films. Who paid for those? Um. <clears throat> And the, the the funny thing is, his earlier films are actually big budget studio affairs. So Alone in the Dark was a big budget studio film with some quite big names attached to it. I can't remember who they were, but they were like box office names. And uh, it, it was only kind of after about five really bad films that the studios realised that they probably shouldn't employ him anymore because his films are shit and they make no money. Unbelievable. Blood Rain uh, has three movies, and my boy Carl Urban can't even get a Judge Dredd sequel. I know! This the injustice in this world. The injustice <laughs> is unbelievable. Yeah, and I also think In the Name of the King got about three films as well. Which is also a video game adaptation of a game I've never heard of. So, Yeah, I've not heard of that. But is that Jason Statham? Yes, yes it was. Yeah. Wait, I think I've seen this film. He it has a... looks, it looks familiar, and it's one of those things of. He has a. Um... Oh, okay, yeah, that that was not a fever dream. This, yeah, there's actual Ron Perlman, Jason Statham. Oh, oh my goodness! One of my like nineties like favorite actresses. What's Lily? Oh my goodness! I'm gonna like ruin her surname. Um, Sobieski. I think the real the real crime there is that they dragged Ron Perlman into it. I mean, yeah. that's that, that's awful. <laughs> um, so Uwe Ball has five films listed on this list that I found. Does anyone want to guess how much his highest rated film got in terms of percentage? A seventeen. Lower than that. I was going to say a strong oh my nine. God. Nine. It, it, it is oh. nine, Daniel. Oh, really? Nine, yeah. <laughs> nine. Um, Postal was also on there, and I think that was about 6%. Wow. Yeah. I, I mean, to, 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 yeah. <laughs> to be fair to, to, to people who, who make video game adaptations, it must be, as I say, it must be difficult to take an interactive thing and make it non-interactive. But to make films just as seemingly deliberately bad as Uwe Ball made them, yeah. it's just mind-blowing. Absolutely mind-blowing. There so are... There's got to be some sort of a, an achievement and lot he was trying to aim for. Mm. He's like the opposite of a Martin Scorsese. Like, 
He's, you're pretty much guaranteed that his film will be bad if his film is if yeah. his name is on it. He also well, um, want to watch if you just want to rip something to shreds and be like, right, how do we not do something? This is a case study. He also, um, and, and this is a little factoid I picked up on his Wikipedia page, he made a film called Auschwitz. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah he's made a few um, and, um, Nazi-based films. Remember not- that, um, that Juve Ball is German, and that mm-hmm. starts to become problematic as soon as you remember that. But it becomes even more problematic when you realise that he played a gas chamber commandant in the film Auschwitz. Yeah. I feel really awkward about that. Yeah. yeah Less said it's... about that, the better, isn't it, really? Yeah. You start to um, think where he really aligns. He, um, um, he, again, he just... a case study on how not to do things. <laughs> he justified it by saying that um, as a German, he felt like he needed to remind people of the horror that happened. Um, oh, I think but... we're um, I'm I mean, fair... there's, there's certain ways of doing that though? I'm, I, mean, I mean, I'm fairly certain that the, that Germany has spent the last 75 years um, thoroughly ashamed of what happened and trying to distance yeah. themselves from it as much as possible. Yeah, I don't think Germany's really forgotten about the Holocaust, as it no. goes. <laughs> no, I don't. It doesn't really um, slip your mind in the grand scheme of things. No. Mm. Um, I don't... In fact, I don't think there's... Um, a single other German other than Uwe Ball who would have thought that was a good idea mm. to be fair um, but luckily he's not making films films now um, he's retired and gone on to be a restaurateur um, there's part of me that really wants to know what, what his food tastes like but part of me really doesn't <laughs> <laughs> it's worth it isn't it it's a discovery <laughs> Um there are two video game adaptations coming out in the next year, actually. One of which was uh, delayed a few weeks ago because of the ongoing plague. Um, mm. There's an Uncharted film starring Tom Holland from, yes, as, Nathan, as Nathan Drake. That's out. Um, now I think it's November next year. It was intended to be this year. Mm. And there's also a Monster Hunter film coming out later this year. Mm. Um, I played Monster Hunter. so No, neither have I. Maybe it, that's a way to get me into the franchise by a good movie. Maybe. Um, there's also a Minecraft film coming out in a few years. How? I don't how? know. I, I don't know why we need that. I don't know how it's going to work, but it, we're, we're getting it, whether we like it or not. Uh, and there's also another Super Mario Brothers film in 2022. Oh, God, not again. Yeah. Because... <laughs> I'm, I'm actually kind of excited just to see how bad <laughs> this is going to go. <laughs> those those, those just, who... It's, it's, it's just like, fingers crossed. But those like... who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's what Ball's trying to convey with uh, with his German films. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to he's trying to remind us to maybe not be a commandant at a concentration camp. <laughs> yeah, I, so we wouldn't have oh thought of that goodness. naturally. Yeah, I think we kind of got that message around the time of the Normandy landings, but you know. Mm. Yeah, can't have to reinforce, can it? <laughs> I mean, it's not exactly a, a leap of the imagination either, is it? <laughs> It's not. It's not. It's not a stretch. <laughs> I mean, I'm, as um, as strained as our ethics as gamers might be, the more that we kind of gun down innocent civilians in certain games, there's none of us queuing up to be um, working at the concentration camp. Is there? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, there was an announcement on uh, on a PlayStation event stream yesterday where they were bringing Hitman to VR. I saw um, that, yeah. And they, they showed that. a clip of you being able to garrot somebody literally in VR. Mm. And it's like, that's quite... That's caused some polarizing opinions in the gaming space. Half of us are going, fuck yeah, like we can murder people properly. Mm. And then the other half is going, that's disgusting. Um, yeah, yeah, but the thing is, this... Um, this yeah. kind of moral outcry of a video game violence is just a it's just a carousel that goes round and round and round isn't it, it i mean does, yeah i still yeah. i still remember manhunt 2 when that was coming out and causing storms galore with it's like it was apparently like tutorials to teach people how to kill when video game violence bears as much resemblance to real violence as i do to a polar bear but i suppose in in vr that that argument maybe becomes a little bit more um justifiable mm. yeah it's it's certainly odds one thing you know you know playing gta and and running over a prostitute for for a laugh but then it's quite a different thing to literally simulate a, a murder yeah. in a virtual mm. reality setting um and maybe as we go more and more down that road that becomes it becomes problematic um yeah that's a different Some conversation would... isn't it yeah. There was um, one school shooting in America um, a few years ago where the the kid that did the shooting, the shooter, um, was heavily inspired by, I think it was Old Boy and Tarantino. Mm-hmm. So it's, there is, some people do get influenced by what they see and it's just a thing of, there needs to be, better mental health networks out there. Yeah, and as I was about to say, that, that, that's, not like, the, that's not the fault of the yeah. film. You know. It's, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, it's just a grain of sand. It, I mean, people are, you know, they, we do get influenced by what we see. There's certain stereotypes and tropes and ideologies. If that get pushed a lot, then people will start to sort of behave in a certain way. When we look at reality TV and things like um, the Kardashians, for example, you see people sort of going along with certain trends. But then things like violence, that's something a lot deeper. That is, it's very complex. <laughs> it is. I think historically video games have kind of got on the, the brunt of, of, you know, the this thing inspires violence because it makes you commit violence in a in a video game setting um but it sort of doesn't either um yeah the thing is with that though um there's there's always they're always going to find something they want to blame before they blame themselves like before video games it was heavy metal before heavy metal it was rock and roll you know oh goodness i mean oof like Elvis Presley and those hip thrusts were a danger to teenage girls like exactly seriously oh but there's yeah people get influenced by a lot of different things i think it is you know some things how to explain it video games and films are an art form and people do get influenced and inspired by art forms but the people that are influenced and inspired by these certain things by these certain feelings have to have them already within themselves so to be like oh um i'm going to watch this film oh i'm actually going to recreate the scene the person's already in a a mental state where they want to enact some form of violence 
it's just it's almost like a boost to it or it's just oh actually i it, it gives them a way of doing it but they have to be in that state to want to do it. It um it exactly. reflects it reflects the the kind of um mental state of the person as opposed to the actions of the yeah. art form. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Nobody's... Sorry. Sorry, go I was gonna say nobody's uh, nobody's playing Pokemon and then going out and uh buying animals and making them fight, are they? No no I mean well Technically, yeah, because we still do have things like dogfighting, and but that's, I mean, how many people will actually be like, oh yeah, I've played Pokemon, I'm going to go dogfight. Yeah, that seems like a <laughs> cool idea. <laughs> Very <Yeah>. loose. <laughs> but there's, 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 a few, there's a few vegan communities. Um, very, there are a specific type of vegan communities where they are completely utterly against things like um, Pokemon and even Animal Crossings um, Animal Crossings, why am I saying Crossings um, where they're just like, no it's exploiting animals, you won't exploit them in the real world, so why exploit them in video games, which uh, to a degree they, they have a point about animal exploitation, but also it's a video game? Not in a fictional setting though Yeah, because <laughs> part of their argument is that it's condoning um, animal exploitation which I can see their point of view Fair but enough, also yeah. it's you know suspension of disbelief it's just imagination you if you've see... got the morals yeah. <laughs> you're like okay in real life we don't do this but this is a video game so but there's there's one um, vegan guide that I came across where it's just like how to play Animal Crossing whilst being vegan and I'm like oh no this is interesting it's interesting and it's it adds a different gameplay to it, but then there's also the part of my brain where it's like it's just a video game. There will always exist a kind of certain type of person on the yeah. on the kind of fringe who are looking for something to blame for yeah. whatever's going on at that certain point in time. As I said, it's it's video games kind of once a year now. The different video games before it was heavy metal being being blamed for poor for poor mental health. Now I remember um, my favourite band, Judas Priest, was sued by some parents of some teenagers that committed suicide in, in the early 90s. Yeah. Um, and before that, it was rock and roll that was deemed the devil's music. And it, even yeah. like af after that, okay. certain films have been blamed, like like The Exorcist when that was released and there was a kind of hubbub oh, about that. And there, there was uh, The Life of Brian. And so the, 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 there, will, uh, there will always exist a group of people looking for something to blame who can can never can never can't quite appreciate that the thing to blame is often humans is yeah. often the person behind it and not not some kind of whack of fiction that bears no resemblance to the real world yeah mm. i think video games always kind of get the blunt end of the stick very frequently as well compared to like you say movies and uh and, and music, for example. Oh, definitely. Like, the argument yeah. comes around with video games so frequently because I think it's uh, up until very recently an industry that hasn't really been seen on the same level as maybe the music industry or the film industry. It's always lagged behind as something that people don't really get. Um, but now it's it's become bigger than ever and more people are playing games than, than ever before and yeah. it's becoming more of a popular medium. But again, people are still thinking with that mindset of it's the video games that are the problem um, 
when it's not really. I'm, I'm struggling to try and think of any type of situation where FIFA has got into trouble for any of their video games. <laughs> it's like, has anybody tried to like do football matches so many times in a row and be like, oh, it's video games' fault? <laughs> yeah. The um, I'm um, an athlete now. Damn it! I mean, how could you? That... It's all those <laughs> all those editions every single year. How could you? The thing that most galls me about um, video games. Okay, my audio is completely dropped out. So the kind of um, okay. culture of culture of kind of gambling and online casinos that exist in video games nowadays. That's the that's only really a controversy among video game people, mm. which I'm sure that Danielle will know a lot more because I just kind of listen to the commentators on it. Um, but I know, but particularly because I, I played Battlefront 2 when that first came out, and that that was a a whole mess of online casinos and loot boxes, and 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 to me, that's the kind of real ingrained issue in video games at the moment, more than violence or sex will ever be. Yeah, it's it's a very prevalent and ongoing conversation, and I. I, I guess I'm a little bit more balanced with it because of the things I see in the industry where I think that in-game monetization can be done, but it has to be done correctly. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I think my, my, my general stance on it is that you shouldn't be able to buy things with real money in a video game that enhance your uh, ability or, or enhance your gameplay in any way. Um, yeah. But I'm less against things that are sort of aesthetic you know like spending mm. money in a game to get a, a, an outfit or or a different colored thing or a type of weapon um yeah because it's you know you, people will still get get everything that they've paid for in the game without having to spend on microtransactions or loot boxes or anything mm. um and there's always generally a way that you can organically unlock things anyway mm-hmm. um, for example in things like i'm playing a lot of apex legends at the minute and you can very slowly unlock everything in the game um, Mm -hmm. just by playing it but if you want to spend more money in the game and buy the skins early and and buy loot boxes then you can also do that but it doesn't enhance your gameplay in any way it doesn't give you an advantage over other players if you spend money on these things Um, the other thing thing is that these kind of practices are also prevalent in games that are aimed at children as well which is another Mm. like um, Angel mentioned FIFA, which is a big um, suspect for it, because they kind of sell FIFA points that would, which you can buy better players for your online team, which is... And, and again, this is a kind of Peggy 3 rated game that a lot of people under the age of 18 will play. And, and I think that's that's the kind of big thing that a lot of people miss when they're busy talking about video game violence. Yeah, it's the... I mean that is like an attack on your wallet, isn't it? Yeah. I mean we've we've seriously skidded out of film range here. Yeah. <laughs> 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 damn video games. Yeah, those mm-hmm. damn video games distracting me. Um. So, so coming back to terms of 
movies, and we all know that kind of the the bottom line in movies, as in video games, is, is the money that um, that it makes. And I was actually really surprised to find out that no video game adaptation has made more than one billion dollars at the box office. In oh, fact, oh, wow. in fact, no video game adaptation has even made half a billion dollars at the box office before, which was a big surprise to me because I expected. Uh, Detective Pikachu and and Sonic especially to be, you know, five seven hundred million dollars. But no, the, the the highest grossing video game movie as of right now is Warcraft. Of course. Anybody yeah. remember the Warcraft, Warcraft. film? Yeah, yeah, it was not good. Um, and, it, and it was directed by David Bowie's son. Yeah. Oh is, wow. Which is another fun um, fun little side note. Yeah, and um. Our old mate Uwe Ball's going to pop back into the conversation because oh, he actually no. he actually campaigned to make the Warcraft film. There's <laughs> oh, another little um, another little nugget for for you. But Warcraft made um, a miserly four hundred thirty nine million dollars at the box office, and that's the top grossing video game film, followed closely by Detective Pikachu on four hundred thirty three million. Which again, I was expecting a lot more. Yeah. I was kind of expecting, like, the Pokemon films and Tomb Raider. Sorry, I'm just... I love Tomb Raider. <laughs> I was just expecting them to do better somehow. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Even the big franchises, the big yeah. game franchises, aren't generating the revenue that you think that they are. I mean, even... I, I want to say Wreck-It Ralph, but my brain is just like, is Wreck-It Ralph an actual real video game, or is that just no. something... That- it's like, it's not an adaptation, so it doesn't count. Dang it. It's a similar yeah. thing with um with Ready Player One, where mm. it's very video game orientated, but it's not yeah, well, it's based on the book, but Yeah. The um the, I think a lot of it is audience share. Like what what percentage of people who play video games will also go to the cinema? Mm. Especially the kind of generational differences as you kind of get to the younger generations of gamers kind of what's what's going to make them go to the cinema to watch something that they can play at home mm. which i think is what's um keeping them from being a massive hit and i know that sonic was a big hit um but i didn't, didn't, didn't pass a billion which is a surprise to me um yeah, it's, it's weird because I, I I don't know how much the Sonic franchise has made, but it it's a huge deal. It's like one of the biggest video game franchises ever. And... It is, and what what kind of confuses me is how how it can still thrive when it's had so many bad games. Mm. How it can still make so much money. Oh, I, I wrote a piece about so this bad. a few years ago, and I ooh, the internet did not like it. <laughs> um, again, I'm um, going back to my um my kind of adoration of Yahtzee Croshaw, he had a, a kind of theory that there's a Sonic game cycle when when the game's first released, the fans will be kind of saying, oh, it, it's really good, and then in a few weeks it'll be like, oh, it's all right, it's fine, and then, oh, better not talk about it. Actually, it wasn't that good. Actually, it was really, really bad. Let's not talk about it. Oh, the Van Amstel new one, get the paint out again. Yeah, yeah. that's the, exactly how Sonic fans are Yeah. It's a hype cycle. Yeah. It's it's a circle that seems to happen with every Sonic game, mm. and I, I I've never really been in, into Sonic because I've never really um, enjoyed it. To be fair, even the classics I've never really enjoyed. I, I think Sonic just goes too damn fast for me to to, to appreciate. Anything. <laughs> it's just, it's a well, I absolutely love that. I absolutely love it. <laughs> 
I mean, I can't see what's going on because he's running so fast. Most, of the, and I, I, I just sound like a crotchety old man right now. <laughs> damn kids playing your fast Sonic games. Yeah. Um. But again, different strokes for different folks, and obviously it's a big franchise because um, otherwise they wouldn't have made a lot of animators work an extra six months to redesign his character. Now, I have a theory about that. I think the original um, sort of design release, I think that was like um, like a red hanger, herring or something, where it's just like, okay, we're going to release these awful pictures and that's going to get people talking because we know they're going to get pissed off. And then we're actually going to show the actual footage. I like mean, the they, they must band. have known it was bad. They, they must right? have known it looked awful. That's the, that's the only logical, like... If they seriously did that, what's wrong with them? <laughs> I, I, I just I can't accept that the answer of yeah, this was like a serious design. We were actually going to like do it this way instead of okay, we'll just do some really terrible shots and then get people talking about it and be like, oh, we're really sorry. Um, we'll redesign it. Okay, here's the redesigns. Do you like it? Because you've been talking so much about it. Thanks for the high. I don't it's believe that, that any like... human being with working eyes okayed that design. Right. In the same in the same way that I can't believe that anyone with working eyes greenlit cats just I've seen that first trailer. And I I I, I keep harping on about it, but but I've seen PS2 games a little better than cats did. Just to, just to tie it into video games. I mean, Abe's more. Odyssey. Abe's Odyssey had better graphics than Cats. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. What a game. I forgot I what Abe's Odyssey. An Oddworld <laughs> movie, actually, would be great. There's some great themes in Oddworld that would make it a really good movie. They're, they're making a new Oddworld game, I think. Yeah, they are. I read somewhere. It's been uh, on the cards for a while and everyone forgot about it and then they, I think they dropped another trailer earlier this year. Yeah. I, I, do you remember... I, I um, get excited every time I hear news about it and then I forget about it and I'm just yeah. like, this is never happening. I refuse to believe. This is why I get into the cycle of I'll, I'll only believe it when I see it and then when I see it, I'm just like, I refuse to accept this exists. Do you remember the um, the game Brutal Legend? I do. do. Have you have you ever had the feeling that that would have made a better film than a game? Because it seemed it seemed more like it was Jack Black's thing than Tim Schafer's. Yeah, interestingly, I I thinking about it, it would have made a good movie, but I can see the decision to make it a game, and I think it it was a really good game. Uh, I I really liked it. Um, it did come out at a time when music and games were very tied together. I think it was like the rise of Guitar Hero and Rock Band and things like that. So it was a good time to have that game. I mean, I definitely appreciated the appearances of Ozzy Osbourne, Lemmy and Rob Halford in my games. I mean, I just w- wish that would happen more, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, I just want a movie with Rob Halford in it now. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he's got an autobiography coming out this year, so maybe the maybe he'll have, he'll have a life story film coming out about him. So, I imagine I'd love a Judas Priest biopic. Oh, definitely. I mean, can I like sign up to play Rob Halford? <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. Um, but actually, actually, they, they they already made a film loosely about Judas Priest. Do you remember Rockstar with Mark Wahlberg in it? Oh God, I. 
do. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was loosely about Rob Halford and Judas Priest. Oh God, that, that, that lots of memories. Wasn't there a oh I, I want to say Spinal Tap? Wasn't that like a? Yeah, my brain is like blanking. But like, wasn't so. Spinal Tap supposed to? Be loosely based on something. It took certain influences from Black Sabbath, some from Judas mm. Priest, and some from lots of other places. Mm. I know that the famous Stonehenge set thing was taken from a Black Sabbath tour that had Ian yeah. Ian Gillan as the lead singer. Maybe we need a separate episode about music and movies. Yeah. <laughs> yes, definitely. Come back again in a few months' time, Danielle, and we'll talk about that. Absolutely. <laughs> but, um... I mean, I've I've got a few um like movie like music and cinematic experiences to talk about. Oh god, I bet you have. Yeah. Do yeah. do do they involve BTS, Angel? Of course they do. <laughs> do I ever so. talk about anyone or anything else? No, you do not. <laughs> You don't talk about anything else but those cute little Korean rapscallions. Um, Where's the BTS little, video? Like, the BTS it? video game. No, yeah. there is. There is. They're, they're actually coming out with another one, and I hate the world. I want to say I hate it because it's just like, you know, capitalism. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I say that. And I'm just like, yes, BTS, but also capitalism. I just, they have toilet roll. I mean, it's BT21. They're one of their characters if you can't wipe your ass with the merchandise of your heroes what is the point (laughs) I just really really want my brand for toilet paper now it's too much and I don't want it broke (laughs) that's that's the real issue I'm too broke (laughs) let's not go down the K-pop rabbit hole right now Um, no Let's not. I fear we may never emerge. <laughs> um, but, but anyway, I, th- I think we've pretty much covered all we need to cover there. Um, yeah, so what we've figured out is that um, video game adaptations are pretty much a swamp <laughs> with a few, a, few, a few couple of diamonds are floating around in the swamp water, but other than that, it's just raw sewage. Yeah, I think in on in the grand scale of things, it's getting better. There's an upwards trend. Yeah, yeah. things Hopefully. are looking to be improving, but like, yeah. Hopefully, we will see. Hopefully, we'll see a big breakthrough soon with them. But as, but as as we say, the more games move towards a kind of cinematic sing- singularity, then maybe Indeed. the film adaptations will will improve. I agree. Who knows? But um, anyway, Daniel, do you have do you have, do you have anything to to promote before we um say farewell? Uh, follow me on Twitter dot com. Bruella Deville. <laughs> Bruella Deville. That's the one. That's a great pun. I I think you were using that in school actually. It was. A... Seem to remember you using that in school. It was a little bit after school, I think. Was it? Uh, uh, yeah, but it was. Was an Iron Brew based Disney villain pun that I came up with, and now I'm stuck with it. (laughs) (laughs) You do know that you can change your Twitter username, right? Yeah, you know what? I do have my actual full name as a Twitter handle, which I'm told is a really huge privilege. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but I, I just can't bring myself to let go of the brand. <laughs> just I've, I've got mine too. My, my Twitter handle is just Nathan Ken Major, which is great. Um, and very well, rare. One of, yeah, <laughs> one of mine is my middle name, so close yeah, enough. Right? Close it'll enough. Do. It'll do. <laughs> so, um, if you've not got anything to plug, anything more to plug than Danielle, other than to visit her on the Twitter machine, twitter.com. That's the one. At Bruella Deville. Um, I'm at Nathan Ken Major and Angel is at Angel Orion 87. Is that right? Close enough. It's uh, pronounced all right, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, it's, yeah. It's, it's always pronunciations for me, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you would be Dutch, wouldn't you? I mean... Bloody foreigners. Yeah. <laughs> Coming over here and messing up the linguistics. Exactly. <laughs> Should know, be ashamed like, of yourself. <laughs> I mean, all I'm going to say is Gloucestershire. <laughs> Gloucestershire. Worcestershire. Worcestershire. Worcestershire? I don't know. I'm, fr- I'm, fr- I'm, fr- I'm from here and I don't know. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, but, thank- but that is a case. Thank, thank you for yeah, joining us, Danielle. No worries. Coming over here um, <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed yourself, and we shall uh, talk to you one day soon about some kind of musical movie crossover. Sounds good. What was yeah. it for that? Yeah, good. Um, and as for me, you can find me at majorfilmreviews.com and on Twitter at Nathan Ken Major. Until then, thank you for listening to the Major Film Reviews podcast. From me, Angel, and our special guest, Danielle, goodbye. Bye. Bye.